The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Hey, Chris. I'm sitting in a hotel room in Quebec City, so I'm hoping that this is going to um, sound great. Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. Can I ask you a question? Just one question, out of curiosity. Can I ask you a question? How do I cleanse my liver? What am I supposed to do on an anti-candida diet? How can I seriously sleep better? And oh my God, I made that vegan chocolate cake. And a lovely comment. Have you read this particular book called Pharmacology? And that's farm that starts with an F. Are just a few of the questions and comments that have been sent in to leannephillipson.com and sproutright.com. Now, after last week's episode 122, all about taking stock of where you're at with your health, so you know what of the topics and the symptoms and everything that I talk about, and then the recommendations that I share on this podcast and show, Eat This with Leanne, well, will it support your focus and goals? Now, today I thought diving into your questions and comments would be a great way to kind of round off what we did last week. Now, when I say take stock of where you're at and know your focus, I mean, if you don't have a problem with your gut, if you don't have any kind of bloating, any distension, your pants fit and your skirts fit all day long and you're all fine and dandy with that, well, okay, great. Then you don't need to listen up when I talk about hypozymase, which is an incredible digestive enzyme that you'll find on SproutRight.com to ease bloating, burping, even heartburn. Now, last week I offered my client intake form in a format for you to self-assess your symptoms, realizing that not everyone is able or you're at a place at which you want to enlist the help of a health coach, a nutritionist, a naturopath, and you want to actually just kind of dive into what on earth is going on. Now, with the download, many of you already have nabbed on SproutRight.com forward slash take stock. Then I thought hearing what others were asking and commenting on can help refine your focus and adjust your diet to ease really anything that you've got going on. You know, anything that was highlighted in that, in those forms or anything that you're particularly aware of to further that self-assessment tool. So this week, I've collected up some of your questions as examples of how to take you forward, really, as you've taken stock of what's going on with your health. So today on Eat This with Leanne, the questions that you, my lovely loyal listeners, have sent in and some next steps laid out as I answer the questions that have come from people 
just like you. Whoa, look at this guy. Who are you anyway? He was a genius that came up with this idea. Now I do get great questions coming in and some examples to do a deep dive into really, I think are going to help many of you with questions that you know that you have, or maybe you don't even know that you need to know about. So let's start off with question number one from a lovely loyal listener. What would you advise that I purchase from your line of products to detox my liver. I simply want to keep my liver healthy. At times, I tend to drink more than I should. Nothing excessive, though. Now, I found myself drinking more wine than I probably should have during COVID and feel somewhat guilty. I want to cleanse my liver and keep it healthy and functioning well. Thank you. Now, I'm going to keep these um, anonymous, just so that anybody else that sends in a question, if I happen to use it, then I'm really not calling out anyone in particular, but really just the theme of this question, because it's just, it's such a great question. And so many people I'm quite sure are going to identify with this. But first off, I just want to I just want to clarify a little bit. I'm fairly literal with my words. So I'm going to start with the word cleansing of the, the liver with a slight reframe. The liver is a cleansing, detoxifying machine. It also helps your digestion. It turns you know, anything that's not great in your body into something that's a little bit better so it can get out of your system, get out of your body through urine or through your, uh, through your bowel movements. Now it has two phases of breaking down what happens in your body. Even if you lived in a bubble without anything, any extras for it to do, no extra drinks of wine, no, um, medications, anything like that. Like it's, it has to deal with the hormones that we've got in our body every single day. It's got to deal with the excess cholesterol that your body doesn't need anymore and all the waste that comes from metabolism. And there's things like caffeine, any medication that you take as well, pesticides, herbicides, pollutants, really just anything that's out there in the world that comes into our body, then gets processed through the liver. Now the liver turns toxic ammonia, which is a byproduct of all sorts of things, metabolism, everything that's going on in your body into a substance called urea. And then that releases into the blood and the kidneys excrete it via urine. The liver, it also removes alcohol from your blood. So that's a really important situation for anybody that's having a drink, one, five, 10, or whatever. Really, this is where the liver steps up and really does its work. Now, like I said, it has two phases. So if you imagine, I always love this visualization, two garbage cans next to each other. And as toxins and waste products come in to the first garbage can, the phase one does all of its breakdown and uh, does everything that phase one is supposed to do. I won't go into that in this episode. Then what happens is, is that garbage can then spills over and goes into or moves on to phase two. Phase two then does its work and then out. So it's kind of like you're, you've got a processing plant where waste products and your alcohol, your medicines, anything that's coming in into the liver goes into phase one, then moves on to phase two, and then detoxification is complete. Sometimes phase one is like overwhelmed. So you have a garbage can that's completely overwhelmed and overfilled and spilling out the sides. And then phase two can't keep up or vice versa, where phase one's going along doing its thing, but phase two is not keeping up. So there can be an imbalance there. 
Now, there are a lot of products out there. I'll get into those in just a minute. But in, in support of your liver, both with food and supplements, please know this reframe that I wanted to do on cleansing your liver. Well, really, it's supporting that phase one and phase two in your liver's own way of detoxifying itself. It's not like all of a sudden you can just clean your liver up. Well, you can stop giving it so much to do and start feeding it good foods that help and give the nutrients for phase one and phase two. So that slight reframe on I want to cleanse my liver and people who, you know, start doing a juice cleanse or juice fast or something like that. Well, that's just taking away a lot of um, a lot of the foods, a lot of the things that you're that you're consuming that are not good for your liver. Not that that's a, a bad thing, but really I'm always about let's put in a lot of the good stuff before you then just go take everything away like coffee and medicines and end up not feeling good. Why don't you transition and move towards giving your liver what it needs as you start to lessen what it doesn't or really what it's doing. That overworking situation is what I'm talking about. So let's look at some of the foods to start eating way more than you already are. So leafy greens, the green leafy vegetables are super high in chlorophyll and they soak up a lot of the toxins from your bloodstream. So including all those leafy greens, not the first time you've You've heard me say, get the, the arugula, the spinach, kale, often wilted kale, and maybe baby kale is better on the digestive system in terms of feeling a little bit bloated when you have far too many greens. Sprouts, that's something that I, I buy from my market every single week and layer that on top of everything that I'm having in terms of my salad with my nuts, my seeds, my fish, all of that. Cruciferous uh, vegetables, the cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, those fall into that cruciferous vegetable category. And they really help detoxifying and balancing liver enzymes. Now they have a, a compound called Indole, I-N-D-O-L-E, which really have been shown to help fight or even prevent fatty liver disease. So something to make sure that you're having quite a lot of. Now, next on the list of what to include is fatty fish. So salmon, sardines, mackerel, herring, tuna. I put at the end of the list because it really has to be a tuna that's lower in mercury because, of course, you know, that's something else. Uh, any heavy metals we don't want in our body. So, yeah, you got to make sure that the food that you're having, you know, is coming from somewhere that's clean. All of those fish that I just discussed, trout, I'd probably tack on to the end too, are high in omega-3 fatty acids. And anyone that has lower levels of omega-3 compared to people who are eating fish or maybe even taking an omega-3 supplement like my own uh, Omega Boost, uh, take this by Leanne Omega Boost, it's so helpful for every single cell in your body, but also has this anti-inflammatory and studies have shown an anti-cancer properties that can also potentially reduce any fatty liver disease. Now, I'm not saying that the question that came in is leading to fatty liver, whether it's non-alcoholic fatty liver disease or just, you know, any liver disease unto itself, because of course that is a concern. But the difference with the non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is, is really is just that. It's not coming from alcohol. It's coming from 
the sugar, the medicines. And we, we discussed this with Dr. Brockenshire. So just uh, go to eat this with Leanne and search for NAFLD, N-A-F-L-D. If you're in that realm, I had a lot of people reach out to me after that saying, I didn't know that this was a thing, but my doctor has said that I have it but haven't, hasn't told me what to do. So if you guys, if you need more information on that, maybe we'll have Dr. Brockenshire back on to talk a little bit more about that. Now, other foods to include are nuts and seeds. You got to have lots of water. Water really helps to flush out all of those toxins. So, you know, if you've got really concentrated urine, if when you go have a pee, then you're looking at like, your urine is more on the orange side than more on the light straw color, um, then you know you've got to have a lot more water going on. You don't want thick, syrupy urine because that really is just so concentrated and we got to pee all day long. It's a pain, but we got to pee all day long to make sure that you're getting all of that out of your system. Now, including oils like extra virgin olive oil, avocado oil, and then of course, brightly colored fruits, veggies like berries and beets. Now, beets just they're just a special, uh, a special food, really. I just think that they're absolutely tremendous. Beet juice, really concentrated in that crazy color. And also, just a side note is if you find yourself peeing kind of a pinky color, then that, then that can mean that you do need some more enzymes. So more of that hydrochloric acid from the hypozymase that I mentioned off the top. And you will always see your stool change color when you're, when you start to eat beets. So just bear that in mind. Now, of course, the foods to elbow out, to start to avoid, then you're looking at alcohol. Of course, I know that everybody wants to have that drink, but maybe what that looks like is, is it's half a glass instead of a full glass. It's one glass instead of two glasses. It's, you know, only on Monday and Friday as opposed to Monday through Friday. And then you have a drink on the weekend. So I'm not saying get rid of it entirely. If you're really feeling like you need to, then absolutely just ditch it all together. But the alcohol-related liver disease is, is cumulative. So it's over years and years and years of drinking too much alcohol. So you can do a bit of a check-in. And also this question that came in, I know that you're feeling guilty about having too much alcohol, but there were so many people that used it as a, you know, as a crutch, as a support and because of the incredible stress and uncertainty that the, that we were under. So please forgive yourself and know that even just asking this question, you're headed in the right direction. And, you know, as I always say, one mouthful at a time, it really is coming down to just taking that one step at a time. Now, the next step, as well as checking in on your alcohol intake, is to avoid the fried foods. You've got chicken fingers, you've got French fries, you've got calamari, fried calamari that maybe you order if you go out for dinner. They're all really high in saturated fats. Not great for your liver to have to deal with once in a while. Okay. But if this is a staple for you, then definitely ditch it. Processed meats that contain nitrates, they really are hard going on the liver. So if you can just try and cook up some chicken or cook anything in advance and have the real food, the real meat as your sandwich filler, as um, I, I do know some supermarkets that actually have like a large piece, you know, maybe they've cooked a roast of beef and then you can, you can have that sliced. And that's a great way of 
ditching the processed meat and still having your sandwich if that's what you love to have. Next on the list is ditch the soda. The diet version or the real version, it doesn't matter either, are such hard work for your liver. So make sure that you're getting rid of those. Go for soda water. That's your best case scenario. Put in a little bit of juice um, just to give it a little bit more of a taste because a lot of people don't just don't love that, that, you know, just watery kind of taste. You do get used to it and don't expect to just ditch it and then move straight on to, uh, onto soda water. Why don't you have, again, one can less a day for, you know, give yourself a deadline by the end of the week. I've had clients who really, really have found giving up soda far more difficult than, than they thought. And what ended up happening, happening with one client in particular is she would open the can, have two or three sips, and that was it. Because she still needed to have the can of soda for whatever reason it was comforting to her. Too difficult to ditch entirely. So that was how she managed to get to a point where she would have less, have less, have less. And she said, really, it was only the first couple of sips that she would have that really made a big difference to her. Gave her that hug that, you know, whatever the memory was that was there for her, she got that emotional support. And eventually she realized that she didn't need it anymore. So it's, it's a progression. And the last thing on the list is the sugary and the processed foods. Now they really need to go, unfortunately. And I say unfortunately because there are a lot of people that are really addicted to sugar and to a lot of those processed foods. So again, really like one mouthful at a time. Um, a previous episode, I talked about going low sugar instead of full on no sugar and that in the middle place could be better. And that is a progression. It doesn't have to be black or white as in you're eating all the sugar or you're not eating any sugar. So really try and change those things up. Now let's move on to some supplements that can help your liver do what it needs to do. I know over on sproutright.com, these are all listed there. Some of them are special orders. So if it's, if it's something that really is a focus, you need to focus on your liver, then we can always have a quick chat about that. Physica Energetics is a product that I use uh, a lot, is a product line that is just tremendous um, and has always tested out best for any clients that I do testing on. Now, there's a few specific supplements that they have for your liver. First of all, there's one called Hepatogest. This really deals with the phase one and the phase two and balancing out those garbage cans so that you're not getting some overspillage on phase one or phase two. And, and phase one and phase two are really working well together. There's also the precursor to glutathione, huge antioxidant. Call it, uh, the precursor is called NAC or N-acetylcysteine. I take this every single day. And then there's also a product called glutathione itself. It's a liquid. So that's actually taking in the glutathione itself. Now, if you go back to episode 111, where we went through my DNA results, then we know, if you remember that, then I now know that I really, my detoxification pathways are not what they could be from a genetic standpoint. So taking both NAC and a teaspoon of glutathione every day is how I balance the fact that genetically, I'm just not a great detoxifier. That's possibly why I, I can't tolerate alcohol very well. I end up with a whopping headache as soon as I think that I can just get away with one glass or anything like that. So um, really supportive 
for the liver. Like I said, the hepatitis, a lot of enzymes in there that are really specific for the liver to break down what it needs to. There's also a product called Cardus Moranus Intrinsic. Now that's a special order, so you need to email me about that. It's supportive for, for everything that the liver has to do. You can head over to leannephillipson.com and I'll put links into these products for you to, to really to have a to have a look at and see what it is that that really resonates with you and really helpful to move you forward to support your liver it's a really important organ in our body any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at sproutright.com or leannephillipson.com now, next up from another lovely loyal listener is a question around following an anti-candida diet. Now, in episode 97 about candida, head back there if this is, is something that you think you might need to deal with. It's an, an overgrowth of yeast that's associated with yeast infections, vaginally for women, jock itch for men, athlete's foot for anyone, digestive issues like gas, bloating, IBS, constipation, the inability to lose weight really can come from a lot of this. Then there's also things like sinusitis. You know, if you get a cold, does it hit your sinuses? Urinary tract infections or UTIs, and even some ear infections are associated with candida because it lowers immunity when your body is constantly fighting having candida. Now, candida albicans, as it's called, loves sugar, alcohol, refined carbs. So it's also very common to have a sweet tooth as one of the symptoms until you really ditch the sweet stuff, which is not an easy thing to do, and allow your gut microbiome, which is the good versus the bad bacteria, um, to be more like 80% good bacteria and about 20% bad bacteria, which actually includes this fungus called candida. We all have it. It's in us. We can't get rid of it entirely. And it's just a part of our ecosystem or what's called our, our microbiome. Now, this really is something to understand because even though we probably have some E. coli going on in our guts or in our bodies, our immune system keeps it in check. And it's able to do that when the gut bacteria is in that balance of like 80% good bacteria to 20% bad bacteria. As long as we can keep it contained, that's really important. Now, the things that really throw it off are antibiotics, taking regular medication, eating less than a whole food diet, you know, which I know is an ideal situation. It all contributes to candida. Like I said, we've got this fungus in the gut and these kind of things, taking regular antibiotics, or let's say you've just been sick and you've had to take antibiotics, two rounds, three rounds, four rounds, then that really does upset this microbiome. And because 80% of your immune system is actually in your gut or thereabouts 80%, then we've got a situation that just has to be balanced back again. So the, the use of probiotics really, really come in here because it can help. A lot of people get diarrhea when they take antibiotics. It's just, I remember when I was probably 18 or 19 asking my doctor, because I had tonsillitis after tonsillitis after tonsillitis. I can't remember how many rounds of antibiotics I would have. I was in this cycle all the time. I remember saying to my doctor, can you give me something that doesn't upset my tummy? You know, I didn't end up with diarrhea. And she said, no, not really. It's just 
It's just what happens. So didn't even think to suggest a probiotic, but research has been done about those negative effects. And when you take a probiotic, well, actually a bio boost, my take this bio boost survives antibiotics because of the particular strain of it. Another of my favorite probiotics, HMF uh, intensive, which you'll also find on sproutright.com. That is just amazing for post antibiotics, but will get killed off during your antibiotic course while you're taking them. So it's great to have a couple hanging around depending on what's going on. First off, when you embark on an, on an anti-candida diet, you need to support the liver. So we've just talked about that. It's a heavy burden. Candida throws off all sorts of toxins. So it's a heavy burden on the liver to begin with. Next, you need to adjust your diet to reduce and eliminate sugars from any of the processed foods and drinks, right? So if it has sugar on the label, if it's added, if it's the white stuff that's going into tea or anything like that, because candida lives off of it, then you've got to ditch it. Now, some take sugar right out entirely and get rid of all fruits, but I really uh, do suggest apples for the fiber because we've got to get the candida out of the system. Pears and berries, really, they're totally fine. Now, probiotics must be on board. And then you also need something to help eliminate the candida. That can look like berberine. That can look like artemisia. There's a product, again, a Physica product on uh, sproutright.com called Nat Colon Clear, which is incredible and has black walnut in it. So it really helps to cleanse. Um, it, from a, when I say cleanse, it really helps to move your bowels, get things moving through your system, as well as having the antiparasitic, the antibacteria, the antifungal type of ingredients in it. And then there's also just simply wild bear garlic. You also find that on spreadright.com. With some clients, I actually have maybe two or three of those four that I've just men mentioned. And then I have them do them in rotation for about three months. So one week of berberine, one week of artemisia, one week of nat colon clear, one week of wild bear garlic, or double up on two of those and go back and forth. And that really helps because not everyone's uh, bacteria or parasite or whatever it is that you're dealing with. I know I'm talking about anti-candida here, but each one of those in, in each person can behave differently and need a specific um, antifungal, antiparasitic, antibacterial to deal with it. So you really can change those up. Berberine is probably the most common one that I use. Artemisia, I tend to use more if there's a parasite involved. Nat colon clear is just amazing. And wild bear garlic also helps to boost the immune system as well, which is just incredible. So all of these together, as well as the diet that needs to be really high in fiber, really high in those greens, really high in vegetables for all, for all of those fiber. But don't just think that you're going to go all raw and great carrots and beets and everything like that over top of your salads. Because at this state, at this time, while you're getting rid of the candida, or let's say you do have candida, then having raw all the time just makes you even more bloated. So everything needs to be slightly wilted. So if you're going to have some peppers and you're going to put that on your salad, just drop them in a, in a, in a mug full of boiling water. And 
and that just really just takes the edge off. You're just looking for a little bit of breakdown in terms of it not being quite so crunchy. All your beans, your sugar snap peas, pretty much any vegetable, carrots, any vegetable that you're going to put in to into a salad or you're going to eat, maybe just some carrot sticks with hummus, they need to be cooked just a little bit so that they're easier on your gut. That bloating, all those symptoms that you're dealing with to begin with, which is maybe why you're headed in this direction to an anti-candida diet, you don't want to make it worse by having raw all the time or just start to notice, yeah, actually, when I eat raw, eat eat all the salads and all of those kind of things, I don't actually feel very good. Anyway, so that's the anti-candida aspect, which also needs support. Your liver needs the support first, as well as the gut. So again, just a recap on the anti-candida. You ditch the sugar, the sugars go out, you start eating super high fiber foods, you need that anti-candida, you need the antibacterial, antifungal, perhaps anti-parasitic, because you might as well do it while you're doing this, following this diet, because it can really be um, quite restrictive. So berberine, artemisia, nat colon clear, wild bear garlic, you'll find all of those over on sproutright.com. Follow it up with HMF Intensive or the BioBoost in high doses. Ah, interesting information. What else is there to say? All right, now moving on to a really great comment, Chris. Marianne made the vegan cake. This came in from a listener. It's just a comment. It's not a question. The vegan cake that we talked about on episode 116, Marianne made it actually for her kids on Mother's Day, and it was a huge hit. Now, in case you missed that episode, head back to hear what Fran had to say about vegan baking. Yeah, that was really interesting. It's like, how on earth? Come on, Fran, you got to convince me of, of how on earth we're going to do this together. You know, how are we going to cook and bake? And she just had all the right things. She had all the right ingredients. Now, you can check out the recipe over on leannephillipson.com. Um, you can search for Eat Vegan Pastries on leannephillipson.com. Now, up next, I had a great comment after episode 115. Now, that was all about regenerative farming in the U.S. And Karen reached out, I believe she's maybe a student, and shared more information about her experience with a book that's a prerequisite for her natural nutrition program that she's taking. Now, she said, hi, Leanne. I heard your podcast on News Talk 1010 today. It was fabulous. And have you heard of a book called Pharmacology, Total Health from the Ground Up? Now that's pharmacology with farm, F-A-R-M at the front, not P-H-A-R-M. Now it's by a doctor, an MD by the name of Daphne Miller. And she goes around to several farms, which is really the regenerative type. And she interviews the farmers. And she just felt like it was so much the same that soil health equals gut health. Now, really everything that we're talking about today is also to do with gut health. So I love that this just ties in so beautifully. 
Now, she went on to say that next to no fertilizing, rotational grazing, I think they call it bison grazing. I haven't heard of that before. Now, she says she's lent the book to a friend, so she can't check to see if they actually called it regenerative farming as well. But it's totally the same idea. So she said there's several farms like this in the U.S., not just one. Now, I'm, I remember speaking um, on this topic now, this is a regenerative organic farm, and cert there's a certification that goes along with it. So that's why we highlighted that farm in particular. So no, it's not just one, but there are a lot more farms out there that maybe don't have that status just yet. I'm not sure. But uh, she goes on to say, of course, the more the better. Now, I, I, I still think about the farming methods that we talked about in that regenerative farming episode, and I'm going to actually be interviewing a few farmers and producers in the coming weeks that I've met at my local market called the Brickworks, Brickworks Market in Toronto, and I go every week. I do. I go every single week. I've been traveling this past week, so didn't manage to get there, and um, so I'm sort of feeling like, oh no, what am I going to do next week? Cause I won't have all my same foods, but it's a great, it's a great thing to change, to change up the energy. And I talked about that in this week's newsletter that I send out every week to, uh, to my lovely loyal listeners, to anyone that has, um, given me their email to land in their inbox. And I talked about how just, you know, changing up the energy. Well, I think just changing up the energy and the food that we get from buying from a local farmer and buying from, you know, from the people who are actually making the food rather than the big box stores. I think, I don't know, it just, it makes me feel good. And the Brickworks Market, well, it has so many farms, uh, farmers represented and different farms who, who truly, it's their life's work doing this. And it just makes me joyful both while I'm there and, and buying them and, you know, next up to when I get home and then I make my salads for each week with beautiful greens and sprouts and flowers. Oh my gosh, I always make sure that I have flowers. I've put some of those on social media where uh, the beauty of my salads are just amazing. And then, you know, I get to eat them all week long and that still just fills me with joy. So listen out for that coming up in upcoming episodes. All right, now moving on to the last question, which was about, it was a, a very brief comment on, I haven't slept well for years, what can I do? Oh, well, there's a lot to it. And we've talked about this on quite a few episodes. All right, in episode 19, we went through food for thought and good sleep. Then in episode 85, we also talked about good sleep. Dr. Brockenshire talked about sleep and the vagus nerve in episode 86. Also in the tea time we talked about, in episode 58, we talked about having a good night's sleep. Can tea help you to get a good night's sleep? Now this, without more details, I just wanted to use this question from a lovely loyal listener as an example of, now I don't necessarily need, you know, every detail, but there is some more information that I need. Are you falling asleep okay and waking up in the middle of the night? Or are you having a hard time falling asleep, but sleep once you are actually, you know, 
asleep, but it takes you an hour or two to fall asleep. There's lots and lots of different issues that are going on there. So just off the top of my head to, to give you a few things if you're not sleeping well is, of course, caffeine. When are you having caffeine or when are you having sugar? Is it too late in the day or do, does your body not even process it? Well, I happen to know from my DNA test, again, we went through that in episode one, uh, 111, that and even 101, if you wanted to know more about the DNA company.com forward slash eat this so that you can figure out about your own genetics. It's different. It's different to, for everyone in terms of their, how they actually detoxify. And I know that I don't detoxify that well. So coffee for me could be a super stimulant that hangs around a lot longer than for most people. That's one thing. Have, can you actually just ditch the coffee entirely? It's not a nice thought when you love it so much and it's a part of your regular routine, but it could really make a difference to you. Now, the other thing is, is what's your routine? We talked about this in, uh, in episode 85. It's a whole day. It's not just what do you do before you go to bed? Yes. Meditating, drinking chamomile tea, having a nice warm bath, staying off your blue light, your computer and your phone. Those really, really help. But then there's also, what did you do during the day? Have you been super stressed all day long? And what's happening is your cortisol, your adrenaline, all of your stress hormones are not actually able to calm down. So when you're in this absolute loop of adrenaline, I think it was Christine Matheson that talked about this in episode 85, where she said sometimes in the middle of the night, you're in another hormonal loop of stress. So it's a really, really difficult issue. And sleeping and eating those two things together really, really impact your overall health the most. So I do want to talk more about this particular topic, but in this case, I do need to know a little bit more. My go-to Jeff definitely is to make sure that you have enough magnesium in you. I personally take magnesium bisglycinate every single night, 300, 300 milligrams. So that's three capsules. You'll find those over on sproutright.com. And really it is, it's a calming mineral. And it's an, a mineral that we are so deficient in. And it just helps. It helps with energy. It helps with stress. It helps with sleep. It helps with muscle function. So it's such an important one. And that is something that I recommend for everyone to take who are, who's having issues with sleep, especially that you wake up in the middle of the night and can't necessarily fall back to sleep. I know a lot of men and Dr. Brockenshire went through this in the men's health episode who are waking up in the middle of the night and needing to go pee. Well, men or women, really. So that's another episode to revisit to, to see if, if the information given there speaks to your lack of sleep. All right. Well, that is some of the questions that I get on a regular basis from my lovely loyal listeners. Have you got some questions too? Well, you can send them in. You can find me on social media, on Sprout Rights channel, also Leanne Philipson, and also on the same 
websites, leannephillipson.com and sproutbright.com. Now I can, I can help troubleshoot via email, but really any symptoms that, uh, that you come to me with, if it's a, if it's just an easy thing of like, okay, so how about you drink more water for your constipation or go to this episode? Those are the kind of things that I reply with. I might do a deeper dive in an, in an upcoming episode with your question, but really it's not meant to be an email back and forth, uh, consultation. So it's possible that I'll reply with, wow, you've got a lot going on. Let's get into this with a consultation because really going to your doctor and, and your doctor checking you out. It's not, uh, it's not a, an email consultation situation. You do need to talk. You do need to, to give more details. And sometimes that doesn't happen via email. And also it really is, this is about your health and there's so many things that can get missed. So quite often I'm suggesting that people maybe try one or two things also while keeping a food diary, uh, going through that list that I put on sproutright.com forward slash take stock so that you can see a little bit about what's going on for yourself and be more aware of, of your health and what's happening and what's contributing to it. Because once you're more aware, then you can also send in more specific questions. Wow. I didn't know that I really wasn't eating that well. Or really one of the questions on there is all about my eyes. I didn't realize my eyes were stinging all the time, or I just kind of thought that was normal. Well, really, maybe it's not. Maybe it's something that can be helped through food or we can uh, look into it a little bit more, but until you actually recognize that that's a symptom, then it's a tricky thing to um, to add into the overall taking stock of what's going on in your body. So thank you so much for being along. I love your questions. I love all my, my lovely, loyal listeners. If you haven't signed up for my regular newsletter, you can find an area on both websites, leannephillipson.com and sproutright.com to put in your email. And, uh, and then every Friday, a lovely uh, roundup of what's happened with the week, with episodes, with links, with what I've talked about on radio, and then also just a, a little love note at the top of, uh, of each newsletter where I'm sharing a little bit about what's going on in, on my mind. And I've had some beautiful replies from people saying, thank you so much. I needed to hear this. This is exactly where I'm at right now as well. And I, and I feel that I'm not alone because you're calling these things out. So head over to sproutright.com, leannephillipson.com for all of that. Rate this podcast, share it, send it out. Let everybody know that this is worth listening to because it really, really is. Thank you as always for being along. Thank you, Chris, for doing your incredible wizardry in making this the show and the podcast that it is. And of course, please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time.